Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Perfectville is brought to you in part this week by Bet Online. That's right, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all your news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online. You know what else you can find there? Tidbits like the fact that they just changed the Lakers championship odds from plus 300 this past Monday to plus 400 today, following the ankle injuries to both LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Despite the recent slide, the Lakers still have the second best odds of winning the championship, only trailing the Nets, who are at plus 200. Yeah, that's what Bet Online is doing for you. They're giving you the best odds, they're giving you the best best information, and they're giving you 50% off on your welcome bonus when you sign up today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect Bill. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins, now part of the Believe Podcast Network. I am Sam Marcoux, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about none other than the good doctor himself, freezing cold Dr. Christopher Cole. And Christopher, how in the hell are you, my friend? Well, I believe two things. One, I'm cold. It's 48 degrees randomly in mid-May here in North Carolina, and I believe we had a unbelievable draft and I cannot wait to talk about it, Sam. Well, I believe that you are correct. It is 48 degrees there. If you invert that number, that's about what it is here in California. It's about 84, 85 degrees over here. So uh, you're in a Dolphins hoodie. I am just in a regular old t-shirt with my hair and a man bun. Um, and you're right. We're going to talk about not only the NFL draft. I know that's a couple of weeks away at this or, you know, past at this point, but there's just so much there, Chris. There's so much that the Miami Dolphins have done. So many things that are coming out that we can now see when the dust has settled, what the Miami Dolphins vision is for this team this year and beyond. And it's not just us talking about it. We're going to do a little bit of elite delete action as well. And to top it off, um, since you and I are doing this right now, uh, the schedule is leaking all over the place. Coming out of the diaper that is the NFL baby there, Chris, I th- right now as we record, 10 of the 17 games for the Miami Dolphins are already out there. You're giggling, I think, of the baby NFL baby. Yeah, leaking baby it. diaper. <laughs> <That's>, okay. <laughs> well, there it is. We're, it's leaking 10 games all over. We're missing the seat, just getting all over the floor. The dog is slipping and licking it behind it. Uh, the dog is gross. <laughs> yes, there you go. Uh, but anyway, we're going to do what we always do here Chris we're going to put 15 minutes on the timer and we're going to give ourselves 15 minutes to not only talk about the draft but review everything that they've done everything that uh, we think it means for the Miami Dolphins going into the 2021 season and then uh, we'll do a little bit of elite delete action how's that sound sounds incredible my friend I'm so glad we're back to it Well, let's get to it then. 15 minutes on the clock. And uh, as everybody knows by now, the Miami Dolphins, I think, had a pretty successful draft by just about every metric that's out there. Chris, if you did not listen to the live stream from the Welcome to Perfectville duo, uh, I don't know what you were doing that night, but you were doing the wrong thing. Go back and watch it. You can watch it. It was amazing. We had amazing guests. We had amazing commentary. We had amazing fun. And the Miami Dolphins on draft night number one had an amazing first round uh they stayed at number six chris as you know and they went and got Jalen waddle former teammate of tua tungavailoa wide receiver quicker than a hiccup uh quick indication as to whether Jalen waddle was a win or a loss for the miami dolphins with the sixth overall pick there chris this is what i think right there and if you're not watching our youtube channel that's brian flores smiling gigantically just looking so suave so good in this suit looking great GQ all the way. And man, was he happy with these two picks. And you know what, Sam, you heard me on the live stream. I'm happy as well. You didn't get Kyle Pitts. You didn't get Jamar Chase, but guess what? It's come out 
after that. And I don't know how true it is if they're saving face because we didn't get them one pick away. But supposedly we had Jalen Waddle um, ranked ahead of Jamar Chase. And if both were available, which this would have been a whole nother episode in fun yes. time on Dolphins Twitter, uh, Jalen Waddle still would have been the pick. I love the pick. Brian Flores has said nothing but uh, how he can be used as a defensive coach, how hard it is to defend against him. Um, it's going to open up a run game with the speed and talent that he has. And before his injury, literally he was one of the best or if the best receiver on uh, the Alabama roster. Uh, and there's Devonte Smith who won a Heisman. So if he doesn't get hurt, Devonte Smith has said he doesn't win the Heisman trophy. Jalen Waddle is a great pick speed kills in the NFL these days, and it causes mass matchup nightmares. And he brings a whole nother caveat to it. And this is a whole nother thing we can talk about. We only got 15 minutes, so I'll get to it. He can play special teams. He can re- return kicks and punts so he can do it all. Sam, I love the pick. Love it a lot. Yeah, I mean, look, you mentioned it, the speed, the playmaking ability. Those are things that were missing from the Miami Dolphins receiving room last year. He brings all of those. I have no problems with the Jalen Waddle pick whatsoever. Uh, I was a Kyle Pitts guy. I like Jamar Chase. As you said, if those two were on the board and we'd taken Jalen Waddle, this might be a little bit of a different conversation. But um, you're right. The Miami Dolphins have come out and said he was their second best, play, second most ranked player on their entire draft board. They had Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Waddle, everybody else. Uh, if you believe that, then they got exactly – they they played the draft board exactly the way it should have been played. They traded back from three to six, still got the guy that they wanted to get and got additional draft picks for the future. If that is the case, then Chris Greer, well done. Here's the only problem with that statement, Chris, because we're going to talk about this a little bit later uh, as we talk about the second round picks for the Miami Dolphins. Has there ever been a GM that has come out after they've drafted somebody and said, well, we really wanted this other guy, but he was taken. So yeah, they do. And it's in the 30 for 30, 25 years later about the player they didn't draft. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's when Art Rooney came out and said he, his biggest regret was not drafting Dan Marino. That's the only time they come out and say that, not immediately. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every every single pick from the first pick to the last pick of the seventh round was the exact guy that they wanted. I mean, that's just how it works when you're a GM. That's the political game. But uh, the Miami Dolphins, really not a lot of surprises at number six, considering the way the draft board dropped down. I do think there were some, prize, some, some surprises at number 18, though, Chris, because the Miami Dolphins stayed put Again, uh, you see a lot of that this year. They didn't do a lot of trading in and out of these uh, uh, on draft day, but they stayed at number 18. Najee Harris from Alabama was available. Travis Etienne was available from Clemson, running back extraordinaire. But they didn't go running back. They didn't go offense. They went defense, and they went with an edge rusher, probably the most athletic edge rusher in this draft, Jalen Phillips at the University of Miami. My original take on this was that I didn't like the pick, and I said as much on the live stream, Chris. You went the exact opposite way. You were all over this, and you said you liked it. Why do you like this pick? I love the pick because uh, the injury issues are kind of years ago when he was at UCLA and he kind of was living in his car and got a second opportunity with Manny Diaz and went to Miami and was an absolute fucking stud workhorse. So you want to talk about the guy, you know, he reminds me of like, seriously, this is high praise, but he reminds me of just based on his engine and his workhorse and his, uh, his drive. You're, you're never ever going to say, man, God, I hate when Jalen Phillips takes off a play. You're never going to say that. And another pass rusher that you never said that about was Cam Wake. And that's what he reminds me of. This guy is going to outwork everybody in the gym. He's going to go out there and whether it's against a run, against the pass, trick plays, what have you, he is going to make plays. And he's going to be just somebody that is tough to scheme against. Again, Brian Flores, two now out of two with the first two picks are guys that are tough to scheme against, especially considering our defense. We already have Byron Jones. We already have Xavier Howard. We've added another piece after Jalen Phillips, who we'll talk about in a moment. Those guys are going to help the quarterback keep that ball a little bit longer when a guy like Jalen Phillips can put his ears back and go. And we already got McKinney from the Texans and Jerome Baker's already great at blitzing as well. Put all that together with Brian Flores scheme defense, man, he fits perfectly. And you can see how pumped up Brian Flores was. He said he started getting nervous a couple of picks before ours because they were w- worried he wasn't going to fall. We sat at 18, we got 18 and there he is J- Jalen Phillips and he's happy and proud to be there. Only thing you're going to have issues with, Sam, and because you probably didn't watch a lot of Miami games that I will get frustrated with are the post-play activities. The Every once in a while, the you know the guy's helmet got ripped off. I think he like kicked it off the sideline and got like a 15-yard penalty and uh, you know things like that. It just He's just so amped up and go, go, go. You can't fault him for one or two plays unless it hurts the team with penalties and he gets kicked out of the game, which I'm not that worried about. It's happened a couple of times. Uh, the, the good outweighs the bad for sure. Well, and something like that, I think, is very much a coaching issue as well. I think and a maturity thing. He's a young kid in college. I mean, 
Well, I mean, that's part of it as well. But I, I mean, Coach Flores has made it known that he does not tolerate or put up with, you know, those types of mental lapses. And you see it in the play of the Miami Dolphins in that they don't do a lot of pre-snap penalties. They don't have a lot of holding, things of that much. They play fundamental football. And if you play fundamental football, you're guaranteed to win a certain amount of games. That just seems to be the math of the whole thing. Uh, I Maybe I've talked myself into that pick here, Chris. I feel better about it now than I did a couple of weeks ago when it was made. I really wanted a running back. We didn't get a running back until the seventh the seventh round. Um, but you know, when you look at the defense and you look at what they did with Jalen Phillips and you look what they did with the next pick, um, which we'll talk about in here in just a second, I made a comment and this was actually related to uh, a release that we had here recently with Bobby McCain. Goodbye from perfect bill that you look at the Miami dolphins defense in 2020 and you go, wow, the Miami dolphins had a top 10 defense in 2020. They need to keep that up. Coach Flores and Chris Greer look at this and go, the Miami dolphins had a top 10 defense. How do we make it better? And this is what they needed. They needed somebody who can, rush the passer uh, without having to do all kinds of crazy, you know, blitzing, which is what they really relied on last year because they didn't have the talent. Now you've got an edge rusher on the other side of Emmanuel Ogba. You have two guys that if they are healthy and are on the field together, have to be accounted for. And that allows you to go into those nickel defenses, those dime defenses, keep your linebackers into coverage, or maybe bring one instead of two off the edge or through the middle and give yourself a better chance of covering and, and having those quarterbacks make mistakes with defenders there to intercept the ball. Yeah, that's a great point, actually, that you just mentioned. Our defense relied heavily on safety and multiple linebacker blitzes, which is all great on paper. But the one time that they one or two times they pick it up, we saw what happened the few times we went on zero blitz and it gets picked up and it's a touchdown. Like it's just you can't count on your guys to to cover these fast receivers that are coming out, basically track stars turned football players. I mean, it's just tough to do. So now would the if you actually look at Tom Brady's record against the Miami Dolphins in his career, it's almost a split. And the reason for that was the late 90s and early 2000s, we had a team, a defense that was able to rush four and drop seven back into coverage and get pressure to Brady in less than one, two, three, where he wanted to just get rid of the ball. If you can do that without blitzing, without leaving holes in the coverage, that's where you can be successful against these passing teams. So you can get Ogba, you can get Wilkins up the middle with a Jalen Phillips that is just a high motor guy off the corner there. You don't even have to blitz anybody. And now all of a sudden Baker and McKinney are getting in space with Brandon Jones and Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. I mean, the, this is what Brian Flores wanted. We went heavy on defense last year. We sprinkled it in in the draft this year, and um, it, it just happened to be like almost – it just felt like it all fit perfectly. Yes, we passed on Najee Harris. Yes, we we, we passed on um, a possible lineman there at 18 or a trade-down opportunity. But you can see how nervous he was to lose the opportunity to get Jalen Phillips. They had him really ranked high on his on their board. And if you look at all the, the guys that came out afterwards, the guys that break down tape, the Bucky Brooks and uh, Tom Pelissero's and these guys, uh, they came out and they said Jalen Phillips is the best defensive pass rusher in the draft, and it wasn't even close. So to get him at 18 without moving, giving up capital, a total win. Uh, no, I, I, like I said, maybe I've walked myself into convincing myself that it's a good pick because I didn't like it on draft day, but now I'm, I've come around and, and I'm excited to see what the kid can do. Thinking about not trading up for anybody, the Miami Dolphins didn't trade up in round two and actually stayed put at pick number 36. And at this point, Chris, you talked about passing on Najee Harris, passing on Travis Etienne. Well, it also made that means that they had to pass on getting Javante Williams because he was taken at number 35 by the Denver Broncos who traded up and sniped him from us, which may have been um, retribution because from all reports, they were trying to trade up to 17 or somewhere before the Miami Dolphins to get Jalen Phillips. And we took him and they had to trade back or not trade at all. So they missed out on their edge rusher, but they get the running back that I think, and I think you think the Miami Dolphins were targeting all along. And that was Javante Williams at 36. They don't get him because he goes at 35. And instead they quickly turning the card for number 36 for Javon Holland's safety out of Oregon, which nobody had on the board for the Miami Dolphins at this point. But number 36 overall, second round pick, number eight out of Oregon, Javon Holland, now Miami Dolphin. Yeah, um, it, 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 I hate the NFL draft for this reason, because we're podcast hosts, is that for weeks on end, I talked about how much I wanted Javante Williams. I watched highlights of him. I pre-gamed and watched film of him. I watched him live when he played because Sam Howell, the quarterback, is the local kid here from the high school that my son's going to go to. So I, I kind of have like that kind of you want to keep an eye on the whole team. And then you're like, whoa, who's that running back? He's a beast. And then you start like really getting excited about it. You're like, oh, they're saying he might fall to 36. This is cool. And then there he is, pick 34, still hasn't been picked. Man, 
man, this is great. He's going to he's going to follow us. Atlanta doesn't need a running back that bad. They took pits. They need to get somebody else. And then here's a trade. Denver comes up and takes them. I don't even know if Denver needed a running no. back. Like, I, honestly, I think they just really wanted to fuck with us, which is hilarious. Um, and, and we lost out on them. That's two years in a row, Sam, because supposedly we had J.K. Dobbins uh, as our pick neck last year. And the, the Ravens traded up ahead of us, sniped him away as well. Um the Miami Dolphins are in this weird scenario of, of running backs where they have a tier of like probably two guys. And then they're like, fuck it. Just roll with Gaskins. <laughs> and it was like ETN uh, Harris. And then like, Oh, if Javante's there at 36, we're going to take it. We stop off our board. He's not there round seven dokes. It is. And if you're a Florida state fan, like you, well, you're a Florida fan. So if you're a Florida state fan, unlike either, either of us, Doke Campbell Stadium. We got Dokes from Cincinnati. Let's get excited about that. I don't know. But yeah, they was just like either those top three. We'll wait till the seventh round. <laughs> there's, there's no one else. And it was so interesting because, you know, going back to what we talked about, they turned the card in so fast for Javon Hall in there, Chris, that you're like, wow, this must have been the guy that they wanted. They would have picked him even if Javante Williams is there. I have a different theory, Chris. I talked about this off the air with you. I think the Miami Dolphins had already started to write Javante's name down. And as soon as the Broncos traded up, they were on the N of like Javante. And all of a sudden they're like, oh crap, the Broncos took him. And they just finished it with Holland and uh, right. the safety from Oregon and turn in the card. Cause they were like two happy. different handwritings, two different like pen colors. It's Goodell's like, uh, Javon, Javon Holland. Okay. Okay. That's what they're going with. Cause it was very quick. And again, like you said, and come on, this is, this is them being professionals and saving face. They're like, Oh no, Holland was the pick all along. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's like, there was a front office executive that reached out the Broncos and we're like, Nice job, guys. Dabs. You totally took our guy because we were taking Javante Williams, which with Phillips and uh, Waddle already, man, does that add some excitement to our offense. But Javon Holland now post-cut Bobby McCain, and it's probably good we did the show as late as we did. We got to get that out of the way. Uh, Bobby's cut, and we saved $7 million in cap space. Uh, we got now a very young safety room with Javon Holland, who everybody else had rated as the number one safety in the draft, Sam. And all I'm hearing is there's only 32 picks. There's only 32 first round picks. If this guy played, I think he held out last year. If he played, he's a first round pick. So the talents there, the tapes there, the size and pedigree is there. Um, if he can come out and ball out with Brandon Jones, here's the thing. What I say about the first two picks, Sam, hard to scheme against. You know who else is hard to scheme against? Javon Holland. Why? He can play nickel. He can play slot. He can cover the slot. He can play free safety. He can play strong safety. He can roam around. He can drop down the linebacker. Something we wanted Minka Fitzpatrick to do. So if Javon Holland can be that player, I'm okay without Javante Williams because you've seen with Brandon, you know, with Jacobs, Josh Jacobs there in, in, in the Raiders most recently. Running backs are kind of a dime a dozen if they're not the best ones. So go with a top safety that's going to be your uh, buck in like Rashad Jones for the next 10 years. Yeah, here's the problem with doing 15 minute segments here, Chris. We're almost done with 15 minutes and we've only gone through the first three picks. Javon Holland, welcome to the Miami Dolphins. Welcome to Perfect Bell. Safety extraordinaire, rookie, ball hawk. He's going to get some interceptions as a rookie and beyond, I think. I actually love this pick as well for many, many reasons. Uh, well, hey, look, here's the thing here, Chris. We got 30 seconds to talk about Liam Eichenberg, who is probably my favorite pick. He looks just like the dad from The Incredibles. Uh, he could play right guard, left guard, left tackle, right tackle. He says he'd play center. He'd probably punt the ball if you asked him to punt the ball. It just seems like, you know, maybe he is Mr. Incredible because he could do just about everything there. And in 30 seconds here, Chris, probably the one that I thought we should be picking a running back for if we couldn't get Javante Williams or the other one is in or, or the other two was in round three, number 81 overall, Hunter Long. Pass catching tight end. Um, this guy's interesting here, Chris, because he was kind of like a, a run blocking kind of in 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 seam inline tight end. Ended up becoming a pretty prolific pass catcher last year. Um, just another guy that we can put on the line to block for a running back not to run behind. Yeah, um, that was the only one I scratched my head at. Hunter Long, supposedly really good tight end, but unless we're fully counting on going too deep into negotiations with Gesicki and this is our fallback option, you better show up and do something next year because uh, O'Shaughnessy and Smythe already are like, dude, we got this locked down two and three, so you better, sh you better show up.
Yeah, the only problem with those all those tight ends is they're all free agents going into next year. So this does give you a little bit of a safety net there with Hunter Long. He does catch the ball well. He had, I think, more pass catches than even Kyle Pitts last year. Um, but this isn't a guy that's going to replace Gasicki. I think he's a compliment player to Gasicki. I hope they keep Gasicki. Then you have Hunter Long, and you figure out what to do with the rest of the tight ends there. But it seemed like a luxury pick when we still had some other areas that we really just needed to uh, shore up. And that's 15 minutes here, Chris. So uh, all due respect to Larnell Coleman out of UMass, number uh, round seven, 231 overall. And, of course, Jared Dokes, who you even talked about running back out of Cincy. He's about six foot, 240 pounds, which is my size. Uh, he runs, like, I don't know, four five five. He seems like more of a bruiser back. He'll probably make the, the team because we don't have any real running backs. But uh, that was our draft for the Miami Dolphins in 2021. All due respect to the people that were late round picks. We ran out of time. You should have been better. We would have talked about you, just like we did with Javon Holland, Liam Eikenberg, Jalen Waddle, and Jalen Phillips. We'll be back to talk about uh, Elite Delete, Elite or Delete, Elite Tweet, Delete Tweet. That's what we call it right after these words. Admit it, citizens of Perfectville, during this entire COVID-19 global pandemic, you have bought at least one thing from Amazon.com. Admit it. It's okay. We're all friends here. We all live in the same town of Perfectville. I've bought things from Amazon.com. The only difference is when I buy, I go to welcometoperfectville.com first and click the link that takes me to Amazon.com. And why do I do that? Because every time you do that, it takes you to the same exact Amazon.com, same exact shopping experience. But by clicking the link on welcometoperfectville.com first, it sends a couple of dollars to your favorite town of Perfectville. That's right. Helps keep the lights on, so to speak. And there is no hidden fees. There is no extra charges. It's the same exact shopping experience of Amazon.com by way of WelcomeToPerfectville.com. So as you sit down and check out the new 2021 Miami Dolphins schedule, look at all the draft picks that the Dolphins got just a couple of weeks ago and wonder which jersey you're going to get from Amazon.com, make sure you go to WelcomeToPerfectville.com first and click the link. That's Amazon.com by way of WelcomeToPerfectville.com. All right there, Chris, and all the citizens of Perfectville, we are back. And, of course, we're doing, again, I say this every single time we do it, my favorite segment, your favorite segment, everybody's favorite segment, Elite Tweet or Delete Tweet. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. And this is the NFL Draft version of Elite Tweet or Delete Tweet. Why? Because it was brilliant. Uh, we always asked Dolphins Twitter to give us the best and the worst, and they came through once again. Chris, are you ready? I'm born ready. I love me some elite tweet, delete tweet. This is great draft well, edition. You're going to love this. This comes from Soapbox Mox. Soapbox Mox. Soapbox Mox. Easy for me to say. At Soapbox Mox. Dolphins could have had two firsts in 2022, but decided to go up from 12 to 6 to draft a 5'9 wide receiver. Elite tweet or delete tweet? Delete. Who are you going to get at 12? Devontae Smith went at 10. Jalen Waddle went to us at six. Someone else is taking Jalen Waddle. Wait, what are we drafting? Uh, Tooney, like from Florida at 12? Like, yeah, no, delete tweet, bro. I 100% agree with that. That is 100% a delete tweet. Look, they needed a wide receiver. We we saw what happened. Did you see, you know, the garbage pail kids that we put on the field as our wide receiving <laughs> core week 17 against the Buffalo Bills with the playoffs on the line? You need to get a wide receiver. We said all along on this show, Chris, if you get Waddle, you get Smith, you get Pitts, or you get Jamar Chase, you're sitting pretty right there. They got Waddle, who, by all accounts, was their best player on the board that was realistically able to follow them at six. They got him. He wasn't going to be there at 12. Those other people weren't going to be there at 12. You'd be sitting there looking at uh, trying to justify, you know, I don't know, Michael Parsons or something like that at number 12. No, that's a delete tweet. They got who they wanted. They stuck to their game plan. You, sir, are wrong, Mr. Yeah, so imagine staying at 12 and we still put out the Navy quarterback at receiver and we got a middle linebacker. Like, okay, yeah, good, good call, buddy. I'm glad you're not our GM. So box mocks. Uh, I agree. This one comes from Joe Shad at Shad Joe. You know Joe Shad. I know Sh Joe Shad. Joe Shad. I don't know how to say his name, but he says, Dolphins slated to draft in fifth round today. This is before we traded out of it. Among former fifth rounders for Finns, Rashad Jones, Jay Ajayi, Bobby McCain, Andrew Van Ginkle, and Devon Godchow. Now, elite tweet or delete tweet? Well, we didn't pick in the fifth round, right? We traded out. The well, he, 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 at the time, he was saying that they were going to pick in the fifth round, and he was right. saying notable fifth-round draft picks from the Miami Dolphins, and he listed all those players. Was Zach Thomas on the fifth-round pick or his sixth? Zach Thomas was a fifth-round pick. Yeah, so he missed out on Zach Thomas. Thank you. And that's off the cusp, buddy. Uh, we did not pre-plan this. And uh, he instead mentioned McCain, who we cut a week later, and 
Andrew Van Ginkle, who had four good games. Meanwhile, Zach Thomas, a fifth-round pick, notable fifth-round pick, who won Rookie of the Year, not mentioned. Love Joe Shad. Delete the damn tweet. It is one of the worst tweets that Joe has ever done, and he's had some doozies out there, but how do you forget Zach Thomas? You're catering to the Miami Dolphins fan base. You think that we don't know like what he had for lunch yesterday? I mean, we're inspecting his poop. That's how much we know about Zach Thomas, and you're over here forgetting that he even ever existed. He's the best fifth-round pick the Miami Dolphins have ever had, and you just left him off the list. I That's think- proof. Sam Wise, Zach Thomas is not in the Hall of Fame. Beat writers like Joe Shad have a vote. And they just don't even remember he exists. Like, how the hell is that possible? <laughs> like, he's like he's nine out of ten for me, Dolphins coverage wise, beat reporters out of which isn't saying much. That's like being the tallest midget with our beat reporters. But Joe Shad's a good one. That is a sucky tweet. That sucks. That does suck. And speaking of midgets, this next guy, I'm pretty sure has stepped on a couple of midgets in his day during his old career. This comes from the Iron Sheik. Chris at the underscore Iron Sheik. Yes, that Iron Sheik from W. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet my paycheck. It says Jabroni in this tweet. Well, I, I need you to write that check over to me. But let's just see if this is an elite tweet or a delete tweet. This is what he says here, Chris. Tua Bubba, your job is safe. Now go be the fucking man. Hashtag NFL Draft. <laughs> That's an elite tweet. Is the Iron Sheik caring about Tua Tungabailoa? And he called him Bubba. Like, like this isn't fantastic. Like, Tua Bada, the, Bubba, this is the Iron Sheik rooting for you. Go be fucking great. Are you kidding me? Elite tweet. One of the elitist tweets we've had. It's fantastic. Well, there you go. I agree. It's it's the Iron Sheik. I mean, and that's why he not- didn't say jabroni. He was being positive. Yeah, I mean, look, there's two things that Iron Sheik says. He says what he just said there where he called him Bubba or he breaks your back, fucks your ass and makes you humble. Those are the two things that Iron Sheik tweets out. And he tweeted out that one. It is absolutely a tweet. If Iron Sheik is tweeting about you, that goes on the resume. That's all. Okay. And in my best thing, speaking of resumes, you've got Skip Bayless and um, Colin Cowherd negative against Tua. And then you've got Iron Sheik positive guys. We got a franchise quarterback. We're good to go. I think so. And really, quite frankly, Iron Sheik should have his own show on ESPN. I mean, let's be honest. Just let him talk about whatever he wants. I mean, every other word is going to be bleeped, but it'll yeah, be Yeah, maybe ESPN 3. <laughs> but <laughs> give him a show. show. Yeah. Well, speaking of ESPN, this guy's been on ESPN, uh, and you mentioned his name a little bit earlier, Manny Diaz, at coach underscore Manny Diaz, the head coach for the U, University of Miami football team. He says the best defensive player in the draft is now a Miami Dolphin. And better yet, he is 100% Kane for life. Thrilled for Jalen and Coach Flores. Great pick. Elite tweet or delete tweet? Uh, uh, so I'm, I'm not going to say delete tweet because come on. But it, it, obviously, this is like fishing for recruits and, and, and panderizing the organization, the, the school, the university, he could have sucked and he would have said that. So green assault, but elite tweet, because that's the only other option. Um, but best play defensive player in the draft. Now, Manny Diaz is defense coach. He's a defense coordinator. He knows his stuff. And uh, if he's going to go out and say that, man, he's going to look like a piece of shit in five years. If he's cut or he's the next Charles Harris, that's all I know. All right, how about this? This comes from at Finn's Tweets, also known as Anthony. And he says, Tua to Waddle will be better than Montana to Rice. (laughs) Delete tweet or delete tweet? I'm going to say delete tweet, and here's why. I'm going to say delete tweet because um, I'm okay with the guys that defend Tua, and and I do hate the just super just – like running CM that just hates Tua, no matter what he does. Like he works out and he's like, whoa, he's doing his job. You're like, dude, fucking Jesus Christ. Like it's go read a book and like, look at the sun. Like it just, it'd be fine. And then there's the ones that are just like, we traded, you know, Jalen Waddle and Jalen Phillips for a fourth round pick to the Jags. Just trust the process. And you're like, man, I really hate these guys. Um, there's an in-between there. Jerry Rice and Joe Montana, the greatest connection, in my opinion, in the history of the NFL, man, they have not even played a snap in the NFL yet. Calm your tits. Delete that tweet. 
I'm going to go with delete tweet as well. And, and here's why. Uh, this is a very nuanced thing. But as you know, I grow up and grew up and live in 49er country here. And Montana and Rice is one of the best NFL connections of all time. But statistically speaking, it's not Montana Rice. It's Steve Young to Jerry Rice, which is the most prolific quarterback wide receiver to him out there. So either Anthony is saying uh, what you think he's saying, which is this is going to be the greatest connection of all time, or he knows this and is saying he's going to be really good, but not quite Young to Rice good. And I don't like the fact that he's sandwiched him right in the middle between Montana and Young. <laughs> Although if that's what ends up happening, I could go back and rescind and say elite tweet. But for now, I'm going to say delete tweet. Yeah, technically, that means he might be saying that we have an even better quarterback coming after Tua, which I'm all, I'm all for. Just give me a couple Super Bowls. I'm good. That uh, would be an interesting one as well. Speaking of a con- quarterback controversy. Um, now, let's talk about something that I actually tweeted at Perfectville Pod. Uh, and this one got a lot of traction here on Twitter. And a lot of people were jumping into this. I, w- I want your opinion because people are saying that my math is wrong. And I don't think it is. But let's just let's just let's let's, let's decide. <laughs> This says, uh, <clears throat> and I quote, Tunsil trade scoreboard. Houston, Laramie Tunsil, Kenny Stills, who's now a free agent, Charlie Heck, John Reed, Garrett Wallow. Miami, Noah Igbenogany, Jalen Waddell, Javon Holland, Solomon Kinley, Johnson Batamosi, who's a free agent, Julian Davenport, who's now in the Colts, The 2022 San Francisco first-round pick, 2023 San Francisco first-round pick, 2022 San Francisco third-round pick. Hashtag fins up. Elite tweet or delete tweet? Elite tweet. It's not even close. Look at that scoreboard. We still still are winning. Like, even though those draft picks don't exist yet, like, they're not players yet, we have those draft picks. And those draft picks exist because of Laramie Tunzel putting a gas mask bong on his face. And we've turned it into Jalen Waddell, like you said, Javon Holland, an extra first round pick next year, a third round pick next year. Players I've never heard of. Guess who else I haven't heard of? Anybody after Kenny Stills, after what you just read, the Houston Texans turned that into. So, yeah, elite tweet. It's not even close. Houston got raked over the coals. Listen, for the most part, people were in agreement with you and I that that was an elite tweet because if you look at what the Miami Dolphins are getting back in return and will continue to get back, it's not even close, like you said. However, what people are saying is, well, if you're adding in Jalen Waddle, you have to add in the fact that we gave away our first round pick in 2022 to the Philadelphia Eagles to move from 12 to six. No dipshits. First of all, I'm, I'm limited on Twitter with how many words I can actually put on there. That's number one. Number two, this is the net gain of both of the teams from the principal trade from the Houston Texans to the Miami Dolphins. I don't give a shit what the San Francisco 49ers got. I don't give a shit what the Philadelphia Eagles got. I don't give a shit when the Houston Texans took one of the picks that we gave them in the initial trade and turned it into a Dallas Cowboy pick. That doesn't matter. I'm talking about the net gain that both of these teams, the principal teams in the original trade got. And that is the Laramie Tunzel trade from the Miami Dolphins to the Houston Texans. And then all the subsequent trades from there. And when you trades, look at me, I turn into Sylvester. I saw, I thought I put a tat. I thought I taught a trade. The original trade partners, the Texans and the Dolphins. That's all I was looking to do right there. Anybody who's scrutinizing that shut the fuck up. Well, yeah, and if you want to say, oh, let's look at with who the Eagles pick next year with our pick, and then like compared to Jalen Waddell, sure, because that that is directly tied together. But we don't move up from 12 to 6 without that Tunzel trade. So, Sam, you're fully in the right. Whoever said that's a complete moron, and I'm sure it's Hot Box Mox or whatever the hell his name was. <laughs> there was one guy who said, I only see one pro bowler on this list. That means Houston won the trade. And I was like, here we go. Houston, oh, boy. at this point, <laughs> with that pro bowler, had to give up the third overall pick because of that trade, because of that pro bowler. So, yes, absolutely winning right there. Uh, all right, I have one more here, Chris. And I said this was the draft edition of elite tweet or delete tweet but this one in my opinion just needed to be highlighted it has nothing to do with the draft in fact it has to do with bill gates and jeff bezos the two richest men in the world and uh, this comes from leonard fournette yes that leonard fournette at underscore fournette and he says the two richest men on earth couldn't keep their girl happy but i'm supposed to with a lot of laughing faces (laughs) elite tweet or delete tweet Man, I have not seen that. Uh, that is that is an elite tweet, my friend. Like that's completely an elite tweet. If they can't keep they girls, how am I supposed to? Fair, fair. Make her laugh. I, I don't know. I'm in a 13 year relationship. I don't know how he done it. I definitely don't have a lot of money. Um, not that kind of money, especially. Um, yeah, 
I don't know. Money don't buy you happiness. I, I, my grandma said that elite tweet. I mean, it's tough to, they can't, I mean, yeah. Look, it's not only an elite tweet. It's the elitist of tweets to the point where I believe we should just change Twitter to Fournette at this point, because that is the realest shit I have ever read in my life. The two richest men in the world are going through a divorce, yet somehow the expectations are Leonard Fournette, Chris Colin, Sam Marcoux, or anybody else is to keep their woman happy. It's just an unrealistic expectation, in my opinion. So I agree. It is Fournetter. Is that a Twitter? Fournetter. 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 That, see, that sounds wrong. That sounds like something that's going to get you a four-game suspension in the NFL. Uh, he can afford it. <laughs> he can afford it. All right. We, you know what? Let's do one more. Let's do a little bonus content here. This actually comes from today. It has absolutely nothing to do with the draft, has nothing to do with Bill Gates, has nothing to do with football in general. Um, but it's kind of a dad joke. I thought, let's throw it out there. Let's see how people think. Um, I don't know if you've heard yet, Chris, but the uh, Major League Baseball organizations have told the Oakland A's owners that it's time for them to maybe consider relocating to another city because they just can't get a deal done in Oakland. Uh, now, as for those that don't know, the Oakland, the city of Oakland has already lost the Golden State Warriors and the Oakland Raiders who moved to Las Vegas. Warriors moved to San Francisco. So the Oakland A's are the last team standing in Oakland at this point, and they are now given uh, the ability to go look elsewhere. And the rumor, the odds are, Chris, that the Oakland A's are going to relocate to Canada. And Ooh. because of that, Anthony Castro Vince, or ca at Castro Vince, says... Would this make them the Ez? <laughs> elite tweet or the elite tweet? <laughs> That's fucking elite as shit. Like, you kidding me? The, the Oakland A's? <laughs> I, I mean, how cool would it be to see their same like uniform, right? Green, gold, white. And instead of the A on the helmet, it's just an E H apostrophe S. Eh. Just sort of poutine to the front row guests and like you know tim hortons is like their sponsor on the on the wall that the oakland is <laughs> what's that a boot <laughs> what's that a boot yeah they can know they don't like have like how many ounces is your bat it'll be like you know uh metric well, system yeah i don't know what they call it up there kilos Pounds? how many kilos is your bat <laughs> kilos oh god well Ooh, with that that is the end of segment number two, elite tweet or delete tweet is now over. And I think it was, as we used to say, a very meh segment, very eh segment. The o I like that they're still the Oakland S, even though they're in you know Canada in this scenario too. They just keep the Oakland name. I, I always hated their name anyway. The athletics, like meaning the other 30 teams in baseball aren't athletic folks. Like it's so dumb. It was being, we're the Miami baseball players. <laughs> well, look, okay, we're not too far, <laughs> by the way, overtime because we're over 15 minutes, but uh, the Washington football team. So they're not too far away. And furthermore, I always found it hilarious that they're the Oakland athletics, yet their mascot is the fattest fucking animal on earth, which is an elephant. So it doesn't make any sense to me. It's a slow, fat, disgusting animal, um, but we're the athletics. This is a whole other episode. I know it's overtime, but the Stanford Cardinals mascot is a Christmas tree. So let's get into weird mascots when the offseason gets really slow. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. We'll put something on our nipples and just have a really good segment for 15 minutes when we talk about weird mascots of other teams as we move forward. But until then, we'll just we'll go take a commercial break. And then we come back. We're going to talk about something that's not the draft. The NFL schedule, as we talked about, the NFL baby is leaking its schedule all over the floor, overflowing the diaper, poop and pee everywhere. We're going to come back and we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about what we know right now for the Miami Dolphins and their schedule in 2021. And what are the trends? What are we seeing? What's different from this year to last year? What's different from this year from the last 30 years? Because there's something there. We'll be back right after these words. Patchvibes.com is still the best place to get all of your best patches, stickers, hats, t-shirts, all things Miami sports swag. The Don Shula patch, the Laramie Tunzel pot smoking draft day patch, the Miami Vice t-shirt, all things Miami Dolphins, Miami Heat, Miami Marlins, Miami sports scene can be found at Patchvibes.com. Check it out. And we're back. Elite tweet or delete tweet. Still my favorite here, Chris. But it's time to move on. At least uh, maybe it's time to move on. As we were just talking about in commercial break here, uh, we're looking at the NFL schedule right now. 
Uh, there's all kinds of leaks. Early this morning, Chris, I had nine of the Miami Dolphins' 17 games pegged, confirmed through various leaks on Twitter and social media. Now we're about 45 minutes away from when they actually officially released the full schedule by the NFL, and I only have one extra game. And that's 10 games total. So I don't know what happened, but somebody got shot in the back of the head from you know 10 o'clock this morning until right now that it was just leaking all of this information. Uh, but to tie that back into Elite Tweeter to Elite Tweet, we were just talking off air about uh, a certain person who's I don't know, entire persona is and schedule leaks and uh, we're having a good chuckle. So why don't you go ahead? We'll do a little bonus elite tweet or delete tweet. Why don't you go re- go ahead and read the tweet and uh, who it's from? Yeah. So uh, we're sitting here and we're trying to find out like to the minute, um, 40 minutes, literally before the full schedule is released. Uh, there's gotta be more leaks, right? And there's just hasn't been. So I, uh, I started following, he's been an account since April, 2019. Uh, it's at leaks NFL. <laughs> And his, uh, his his whole sub name is NFL Schedule Leaks, and his uh, pin tweet is follow me for <laughs> NFL Schedule Leaks. And an hour ago, he tweeted, and I quote, "This is probably my last year doing this." <laughs> and someone said, "Why?" And he said, "As the day was going on, I just began getting tired of losing interest. About three fourths of the schedule was out, and it began to lose its appeal to me." I'm sorry for people that wanted more leaks, but I can't stay on Twitter 24 hours a day to watch one or two leaks per hour. And someone commented and said, quote, that's your job. (laughs) (laughs) It's his whole persona is NFL schedule leaks. And he's like, I'm done leaking. (laughs) I've tried up anymore. Uh, I love the fact that, yeah, Follow me for all your schedule league needs. You're like, okay, what is you like, dude? I, why are you hampering me with all this? Like, I don't fuck alone. Like, I gave you one or two. Like, please. Like, you, there's 32 teams. Find someone else. No, you're NFL schedule league. So <laughs> we signed up for unfollow. Yeah. yeah. Furthermore, what's he do on May 13th? Like, what's the schedule is out? What do you do with that account for the rest of the year? Is he just like, can't wait to start leaking in 364 days? Like, I, I wonder, just don't. Yeah, I wonder what they'll do next. Just year. post leaking, you know, faucets the rest of the time. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the NFL logos on them. Yeah. So he's mad that people are expecting the guy named NFL <laughs> Schedule Leaks has yet to abide by his duty. <laughs> Like Hollywood Insider, follow me for all the dirt on all your celebrities. And he was like, look, I I just can't sit here and follow these people around all day. Like, I don't know why you're talking to me right now. Who's Mark Wahlberg? I don't even come on, please. I don't want to. (laughs) Well, here's what we do know here, Chris. So we do know a couple of games that are out there. I I think we have 10 that are confirmed. I did find something on Reddit. So shout out to um, Vermont Bro. Whoever Vermont bro is, he says, I'm bored at work. We'll update. And uh, he's actually putting these out here. So the the leaks did come early here. So we know week one, again, for the second year in a row, the Miami Dolphins on September 12th will be playing the New England Patriots in New England at New England. That's exactly who we opened the season with last year. And Cam Newton ran up around and all over us. Uh, but a new year. Uh, a little more of a grizzled veteran roster, if you will. I think we added yet another person over the age of 30 here recently here, Chris. Uh, the Miami Dolphins faced the New England Patriots not only week one, but this is a sandwich year, Chris, because the Miami Dolphins will be playing the New England Patriots at home week 18. That's right, 18. We have 17 games this year, not 16. The Miami Dolphins start and end the season with the New England Patriots uh, starting on the road, ending at home. What do you think of that, Chris? Um, I love it and don't um, There's so much to chew on that because in the beginning, you're like, all right, great. We're on the road. We don't have to worry about going in the cold weather against New England in November, December. So that's fantastic. It's one less cold game. Um, however, w- I really do enjoy uh, Kuhn, John Kuhn, that was um, the fullback for the Packers, was on NFL Network today. And he said, you look at the schedule when it comes out, and the first thing you look for is a game in Florida in the early part of the season because you don't want that. Um, I really, truly believe the heat is a bigger factor than the cold in a game like football. Um, I don't know how much that's true or not. That's just my personal opinion. So, yeah, that's great. We don't have to play in the cold, but we get a week 18 at home. It still might be warm in Miami, but it's definitely not going to be the humidity of September, August that we're used to. And we're putting them in the blue jerseys, making them all hot. 
Yeah, look, I, I'm okay with this too because if I don't have to go to New England in December or January, then I'm okay with them not having to come to Miami in September or October. I think that's fair. a fair trade. If at that point, now you're looking about it, look, we're taking the elements out of it and now let's just see who's better. And I think the Miami Dolphins are better than the New England Patriots at this point. The only reason I don't like opening at New England is because it seems like we do that every single freaking year at this point. It seems like we've opened with New England Patriots for like 10 years in a row, whether at home or on the road. Um, you give Bill Belichick all that time to to game plan against you know Brian Flores and the Miami Dolphins. Say what you want about Bill Belichick, but he knows how to scheme and game plan for any sort of opponent. So giving him that extra time to get, try to figure out how to beat the Miami Dolphins is not going to be to our advantage. However, uh, you have to play him twice a year, and you know what? If I can see him at the beginning and then forget all about them and come back at the end of the year. I think I'm okay with that as well. Yeah, last um, time we played them, we beat them. So, I mean, Flores knows how to game plan too. So, uh, odds are even. Here we go. Like, let's see how how we – like you, you kind of said it on Twitter. Uh, this is – if you want to be a playoff team, you go out to a division game and you show your shit first things first. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, like you talked about, we beat them the last time we played them. A team that we have not beat since Brian Flores has become the head coach is the Buffalo Bills. They are the reigning defending AFC East champions, uh, pretty much the odds-on favorite to be the Super Bowl team for the AFC. Them and the Kansas City Chiefs seem to be the two sexy picks this year in 2021. We will be playing them week two, Chris Cullen, and all the citizens of Perfectville. That is the Miami Dolphins' home opener. That is a game on September 19th that has the potential to put them in the dark blues, put us in our white-on-white uniform, and let them bleed out all that disgusting Buffalo sweat by the third and fourth quarter. If only we had a running back that we could use to actually, you know, bring that point home, but we play the Buffalo Bills week two, and then we also play the Buffalo Bills on Halloween night, Chris. Uh, that is actually what week is that? That is week eight, October 31st at Buffalo. So we have the Buffalo Bills week two, our home opener, and then we go on the road in October. So again, avoiding that December, January timeframe for Buffalo. No snow, no cold in theory. October 31st is our second game against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Week two is our home opener against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, two games to start the season with AFC East opponents. This is the ultimate first two weeks of us to sh- prove that we're not the same old Miami Dolphins. You got New England on the road, um, which we historically are just terrible beating them in New England. Um, and then you got Buffalo at home who we just got trounced by to end our season end our playoff hopes when they had nothing on the line and we had everything and they came out and just smoked us when we we're hoping starters are going to sit and they're going to come week two. Uh, like you said, dark blues, uh, hopefully something that we uh, can take advantage of, but th- this is put up or shut up time. I'm going to call it right now. So we can circle back to this episode. That is the game that for that first home game. Our crowd is popping where you get everything out of your first round pick, number 18 overall, Jalen Phillips, because that's the guy, Josh Allen, who's absolutely destroyed us. And you need a big, strong pass rusher that can get his big bear paws on him and bring him down. And he's not running over Van Noy. He's not running over our corners. Jalen Phillips, it's time for you to show your mustard. First things first, first home game week two. That's there it. There you go. He's calling a shot. Buffalo at home against the Miami Dolphins with the University of Miami first round pick, edge rusher Jalen Phillips, balling out and hitting that big flip big side of that. Greg Rousseau is a Miami pass rusher that Buffalo picked in the first round. That'll be getting after Tua. So that will be a very interesting week to do a podcast and great storyline. It's going to be fun. Well, speaking of storylines, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here and we're going to talk about uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars game because the Miami Dolphins are on the road in London, England, week six, October 17th, Trevor versus Tua, Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars are at home. The Miami Dolphins are on the road. The Miami Dolphins go back to London for, I think, the 87th time. Meanwhile, the Packers have never played over there, but whatever. Um, They play them week six here, Chris. What do you think of Tua Trevor in London? Love it. What a fun game. You got guys that like played against each other in national championship in college. Um, Trevor in his rookie year, everybody wants to watch him play. I know I do. Like he's gonna be fun to watch, polarizing as hell. Urban Meyer, you know, traveling to London. Welcome to the show. You wanted to play in the NFL, you gotta travel across the pond, my friend, uh, and play in London. Best part about this, Jacksonville is kind of like the 
home team in London always, and they're going to be the home team in this game, air quotes, if you're not watching. Um, but man, we got a great fan base in the UK. So it's going to be almost like a home game that we don't lose on the schedule that I'm kind of okay with because most likely we've got a bye week next week. And Sam, you already mentioned week eight, Buffalo. So we might have two weeks to prepare for Buffalo after coming back from London. That's going to be fantastic. Trevor Lawrence, welcome to the NFL. Here's Jalen Phillips. Here's, uh, you know, Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, and Javon Holland all in the defensive backfield. Have fun, buddy. Yeah. And, you know, look, I'm going to talk about when we play Tampa Bay because we are seeing some rumors on Facebook and Reddit that the whole schedule has been released as we talk about this. But I'm going to jump away, uh, jump ahead to some other games that are actually confirmed. But, you know, before I do that, it looks like we're playing at Tampa Bay right before we go at Jacksonville in London. Then we have a bye and then we're playing Buffalo. So we have a, a Florida game, then a London game, a bye week, and then Buffalo. Um, but speaking of AFC East rivals, we have week 11, 11, 21 to be in fact, we are at the New York stupid jets. And then we come back week 15 and we play the jets, the stupid jets, uh, on what it looks like either 12, 18 or 12, 19 at home. So what that means here, Chris, is we've now gone through the six AFC East games and the latest that we are on the road is actually against the New York jets on the 21st of November. So we have no December games in New York or Buffalo or new England. We have no January games. Uh, We get all of those games out of the way early enough to where weather should not be a factor for the Miami Dolphins. And bonus, this is something that I think Barry Jackson uh, actually stated. This is the earliest that the Miami Dolphins have had all of their AFC East opponent road games on the schedule since 1986. Wow. I wasn't even born yet. I was born in 87. That's fantastic. That makes me feel very, very old. So you have never experienced this. You've always (laughs) seen cold weather games for the Miami Dolphins and always. East opponents, but that's not going to be the case this year. That is completely different than most of us have ever seen. So uh, that's going to be pretty interesting as well to see how we handle the fact that we won't have cold weather games necessarily uh, this year. That 17 games and uh, London, what an awesome year. Yeah, absolutely. Now we do have a game against the New York Giants in December, but that is week 13 in Miami. Uh, we also have, uh, I believe, a Monday night football game, week 16, 12 27, against the New Orleans Saints. So I'm not sure why they put the Dolphins and Saints on Monday night with Drew Brees not being there, but it does say something that the Miami Dolphins are getting some primetime games now because not only do we have Monday night football against New Orleans Saints, week 16, but week 10 against the Baltimore Ravens. Looks like it's going to be a Thursday night tilt here, Chris. Uh, Now I'm not a big fan of Thursday night football, but I'm especially not a fan of when the Miami Dolphins have to go on the road for Thursday night football. That's not the case here. The Miami Dolphins will be at home and actually it looks like they might be at home two weeks in a row. So they'll play Sunday at home and then come back and play Thursday at home against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I like that we're home on Thursday. I hate that it's against the Ravens. <laughs> it's like the NFL wants to embarrass us on national TV. But again, this is where Flores and, and these players need to, to right the wrong, change the ship, change everything about the Miami Dolphins and what they're perceived as. You're on national TV. They're coming into your stadium where historically road teams struggle win that game. You go out and beat Lamar Jackson, you win that game. Everybody's talking about the Dolphins. Absolutely. And if you look at the Baltimore Ravens, they have ate the Miami Dolphins lunch and the team that they play rumored right before that on that Sunday on the Houston Texans. I mean, so if you talk about two teams back to back that I think all Miami Dolphins fans are looking to win, it would be against the Houston Texans and the Baltimore Ravens. And if if we are playing the Houston Texans that week and we aren't using all of the people that we got in the draft for Laramie Tunzel to their fullest potential. I would be shocked, Chris. I would be shocked if we aren't sitting there using Jalen Waddle, Javon Holland, you know, Robert Hunt from last year, all the, pe- all the plate pieces that we got and you Robert Hunt at running back and let Christian Wilkins lead block for him on the goal line and just like spike the ball and just have, have Bill O'Brien as a guest of honor sitting with Steven Ross in the, in the, uh, in the press box. Do it, do it, Miami. Do it, Miami. And with 30 seconds left on the NFL schedule, Chris, I'm going to go through what the rumored overall schedule is here, and then you give me your overall impressions. So week one at New England, week two versus Buffalo, week three rumored at Las Vegas, week four rumored versus Indianapolis, week five rumored at Tampa Bay, week six confirmed at Jacksonville, week seven by week eight at Buffalo confirmed, week nine rumored versus Houston, week 10 confirmed versus Baltimore Ravens, week 11 Confirmed at New York Jets. Week 12, rumored versus Carolina. Week 13 versus the New York Giants. 
confirmed. Week 14 versus Atlanta, rumored. Week 15 against the Jets at home, confirmed. Week 16, Monday Night Football against the New Orleans Saints, confirmed. Week 17 at Tennessee, and Ryan Tannehill (laughs) is the rumor. And then Week 18 confirmed versus New England. So looking at this, Chris, uh, we're going to have the playoffs on the line against Ryan Tannehill and Bill Belichick, aren't we? It's very possible that the last two games will be playoff play in games, and we're going to be up against Ryan Tannehill and Bill Belichick, our old buddies there. <laughs> but when I look at this game here, Chris, there is a stretch from uh, the time we play. If that is, in fact, the, the schedule, we play at Tampa Bay. So actually, versus Indianapolis, the Colts on October 3rd. Then we play at Tampa Bay. Then we play at Jacksonville. Then it's a bye week. Then at Buffalo. We don't come home again until November 7th versus Houston. So you're talking over a month. Wow. Miami Dolphins will not be playing in Miami. So we have to have a stretch there where we have a couple home games in a row. No. Yeah, we absolutely do. So week 12 versus Carolina, week 13 versus New York Giants, week 14 versus Atlanta, week 15 versus New York Jets. So we thought we're at Atlanta. Uh, this says we're actually versus Atlanta. So we're actually okay, at, good. Yeah. I mean, looking at this, I believe we're at New Orleans and we're at Tampa Bay. So that would be two home games against the NFC South. One yep. of those would be um, against the Carolina Panthers. So uh, if this is true, that is the rumor. We have a confirmation on about half the games, and then some are still rumored. It looks like we would have a four week stretch in late wow. November, early December, where we're in Miami. So when I look at the schedule, Chris, from a winning percentage standpoint, way easier than last year. From uh, a schedule alignment, I'm not a fan of the London game. However, overtime, by the way, um, if you have to play London, then you have to play London in order to get a Super Bowl, right? In order to, get to host the Super Bowl. Stephen Ross wants to host the Super Bowl all the time. He's going to play you know, a game in London. You don't lose a home game. Um, you gain a home game against the Giants because of the 17-game se- uh, schedule now. And you got four weeks in late November, early December where you're playing in Miami. I think I like that. I see this as an absolute win to quote the Hulk in Endgame because you're playing early division opponents. You kind of know where you are really quickly. We're not sitting there getting our hopes up, and we got to go through a gauntlet of you know Buffalo twice in a row, you know twice in three weeks or something like that. So yeah, get it out of the way, face some tough opponents early, see where we're at against the teams like the Colts, the the Texans, the Jags. Um, and the Titans, and, and and go from there. If we can't beat those teams, we don't deserve to be in the playoffs anyway. Uh, it's going to be fun. There's a lot of, what's that, three national TV games, uh, and then just uh, a home gauntlet at the end there. You, you fans down in Miami, as somebody that lives in Charlotte, North Carolina, I envy you. Go to those games. Cheer loud. I would, I'd love to be there. Yeah, we have five of our last seven games, if this schedule is true. Uh, we'll be at home. So this is backlogged for the Miami Dolphins to go on a run. Now we were better at away game than a home game, uh, home team last year, but you know, every year is a little bit different. Now looking at this, Chris, seeing how the schedule is looking, how it's shaping up, seeing what we did in the draft, seeing what we did in free agency, knowing who our coaches are, uh, throw a dart here, Chris, 17 game season, first time in the history for the Miami Dolphins injuries aside, what do you look at? What do you see? What's your crystal ball? I'm not going to hold you to this unless you're wrong. Um, the Miami Dolphins, <laughs> 11 and six, 11 and six. There you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, 11 and six. Uh, is that good enough for the playoffs? I don't know. That's tough. The, the AFC is a, t- a gauntlet. When you're talking about the Browns, the Ravens, the Steelers got better. Uh, the chiefs and bills right there at the top. It, it, it might not be just like 10 and six wasn't last year. And, um, they added the extra game, uh, the, the traveling who knows, uh, but 11 and six, it sounds so weird saying that. 11 and six, but uh, it might not be good enough. I say we go 12 and five. I'm going to one up you 12 and five. And I'm I'm excited about Tennessee because I think they run away with that division. I don't think Wentz and the Colts, they might be okay, but I I think Tennessee's got might have it locked up by the time they play last week too, or the second to last game of the season. But I hate counting on that. Go out and beat Tennessee. Stop Derrick Henry. And the ultimate like FU is to make Tannehill beat you. And he doesn't like, and our guys pick him off. That'd be fantastic. Uh, so this is going to be seriously, uh, we say this probably every year this time in our podcast, the last five plus years we've done it. It's going to be one of the most exciting seasons in, in, in recent memory. I'm excited. I don't see any big holes in this schedule. I don't see anything that makes me go, oh my God, or anything that goes, ooh, I just see this as a solid. I think the schedule makers got it right for the Miami Dolphins this year. It looks like a nice balanced schedule. We're not seeing a lot of hot games, not a lot of cold games. We're seeing, you know, it looks like they're having a schedule where it's going to be 70 degrees just about every single week, and I'm okay with that. Uh, I'm intrigued by the Raiders game. I'm going to try to get to that game, hang out with Jim Florentine. Hopefully you can be there as well. Um, I know you're probably excited about the Panthers game. Uh, just seeing that the Miami Dolphins can beat the Panthers, so you have bragging rights all around North 
North Carolina. And uh, we want to hear from you. Let us know what game you want outside of the AFC East to go see for the Miami Dolphins to win, compete, whatever the case may be. Uh, Chris, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? That's it, my friend. That's it for me as well. On behalf of Chris Colon, Sam Marku, all of everyone at the Believe Podcast Network, the only thing left to say is goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Welcome to Perfectville is now part of the Believe Podcast Network and is presented by Bet Online. Perfectville is written and co-hosted by Chris Cullen and Sam Marku, edited by Sam Marku, created by Chris Cullen and Sam Marku, and made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.